0: The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching.
1: Our world is falling apart right in front of our eyes. Our leaders don't seem to have many answers, and so many people are confounded and confused. And the world is becoming an ever more violent and angry place. If we want to light a candle in this growing darkness, our only fail-safe strategy is to petition God with very fervent prayers. Hello, I'm Christine Darg and welcome to the prayer battle for the gospel anger is just one letter short of danger. It seems we're continually petitioning God just to intervene, to douse flames of hatred and anger growing in the world. Israel, which is our very best ally of the West in the Middle East, has been putting up with this scenario for decades. Israel is surrounded by a hideous hatred that's armed by hundreds of thousands of potential destructive rockets and other weaponry. Times of crisis are allowed by God to bring nations to our knees. And Second Chronicles 714 gives a prescription to heal all of our national wounds. God is speaking in this verse and he promises that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. But what I want to emphasize in this program is that it's not just enough to pray and to quote Bible verses to God. Real victorious overcoming faith is required. The Lord listens to our prayers to hear that. He's looking to work with a few good intercessors on these walls. Well, in times of national crises, the Jewish people pray the Psalms. So many of the crises the nations are facing concern the threats and real violence behind Islamic Jihad terrorism. This week, I've been praying a Psalm of David, Psalm 140, which cries, Deliver us, O Lord, and preserve us from violent men who devise evil things in their heart. Every day they stir up wars. The psalm goes on to say that these violent men spread a net by the roadside. How relevant is that? In Israel, terrorists ambush cars and drive vehicles into crowds of innocent men, women, and children. O Lord, do not grant the desires of the wicked because they exalt themselves. Yes, they set an example for other terrorists in the nations and they cheer and laugh and taunt and congratulate themselves for killing even innocent children. We in this ministry are earnestly praying that our political and religious leaders will have maximum wisdom and courage to restrain hatred and violence And we pray for maximum wisdom and protection for workers and police and the military and all the emergency services to defeat evil. As we watch again and again, innocent men, women, and children, ruthlessly slaughtered, even children in their beds by evil, we become discouraged by the chorus of those who preach only peace, peace, when there is no peace while evil men multiply and plan the next atrocity. Well, the generation of my parents in the USA and the generation of my husband's parents in England had the backbone and the moral courage to confront evil in their day. Now, today's intercessors must rise to the occasion with moral courage to confront evil in our time. It seems like it's enough just to be an intercessor on the walls of Israel, imploring the Lord to protect his prophetic purposes and to restrain terrorism in Israel. But God is also greatly concerned with what's happening in the so-called Christian nations of the West. As we repent and humble ourselves, let's offer up the sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving for continual divine intervention. You see, we have to double down and guard against faint heartedness. I'm hearing too many believers say that they'll never vote again. But Psalm 42 exhorts us, why are you downcast? O my soul. And why are you disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise him, my savior and my God concerning various ongoing issues of national security and repentance that we've been praying about. The Holy Spirit recently gave me Isaiah 66 and verse 9. It asks the question, Shall I bring to the birth and not cause to bring forth, says the Lord? The implication behind this verse is that God will not leave His work of national restoration unfinished if we will seriously apply the principles of repentance in 2 Chronicles 7.14. I want to tell you again about a Russian Orthodox abbess named Mother Barbara, who lived on Jerusalem's Mount of Olives. In 1911, before she relocated to Jerusalem, Mother Barbara was given a prophecy, or she heard a prophecy, by a bishop. His name was Bishop Aristokhali of the Russian Orthodox Church. And I first heard of this prophecy from my friend, the late prayer leader in Jerusalem, Lance Lambert. Some of the events in the remarkable prophecy have already been fulfilled, but I want to share the word again to encourage and strengthen you. In the word, the Spirit of the Lord said to tell the women that they must belong absolutely to God. The women must believe in the great things that are happening and that God is yet doing in the earth. They must prepare their souls, their children, and encourage their husbands because they will have very much work to do for God. The word went on to say that not one country will be without trial but not to be frightened by anything that we'll hear. The word was given in 1911 and prophesied about communism, saying that an evil will shortly take Russia and wherever it goes thereafter, rivers of blood will flow because of it. The word said it's not the Russian soul, but it's an imposition on the Russian soul, a very spirit from hell. The word also said that in the last days, Germany would be divided in two and that France would come to nothing and that Britain would lose her empire and all of her colonies and would come to almost total ruin, but a female monarch would be on the throne and Britain will be saved by praying women. Hallelujah. Well, after two world wars, when all seemed lost, God did save Britain. The question is, will he do it again? In the past, God used remarkable prayer warriors. In many cases, they were women. Will he do it again? Unless the Lord dramatically intervenes, Lance Lambert used to say, I see nothing but judgment for Britain. Yet, even in judgment, God could bring an awakening In Britain, in the United States, and other nations that could sweep untold millions into the kingdom of God. Well, this week in thinking about these things in my prayer time, God reminded me of how he used the prayers of Reese Howells and his staff at the Bible College of Wales in Swansea during World War II to save Britain from Nazi invasion. Many times I've mentioned Reese Howells and the influence that he's had on my life, although he was before my time. However, my husband and I were privileged to spend a day in Wales a number of years ago with the son of Reese Howes, Samuel Howes. Samuel has also gone on to be with the Lord. And so I'm so grateful to God that he gave us such a powerful, important visit with Samuel Howells while he was still living. During that visit in Wales, we were allowed to examine the detailed prayer journals that his father, Reese Howells, and the Bible College staff kept during World War II. You see, Reese Howells and members of his Bible College prayed day and night for Britain to be saved from the Nazis. And now you and I are living in what some are declaring as World War III. The pundits, the politicians are finally admitting that we're in a world conflict, although it's an entirely different kind of war. Still, the work of intercessors is the same. By that I mean, intercessory prayer is crucial for the war against fanatical Islamic terrorism to be won. And utmost faith must be exhibited at all times on our part. Of course. God is not obligated to win this war through the many or through the few, but through those who are totally committed to the battle for freedom from tyranny. In this program, I hope to encourage and strengthen the work of intercessory prayer. Intercessors, prayer warriors are just as important as those who are battling on the front lines physically. And God has been preparing many prayer warriors for this hour. In many cases, he's been preparing us for decades. In fact, I spent myself a decade of prayer in Jerusalem just praying with others about one topic. And that mandate from the Lord was to believe him to bind the principality and to irreversibly overthrow the principality behind the violence that is being unleashed in the earth presently. You say, well, your prayers certainly didn't finish the battle. And many cases, our prayers did restrain evil. But for the most part, those series of more than 100 concentrated public prayer meetings, I believe, had been stored in heaven. And a position in intercession was gained in those years of prayer. By God's grace and leading, we did our homework in prayer, and many of those corporate prayers accomplished in Jerusalem in our throne room fellowship have been stored in the golden bowls on the golden altar. Like Reese Howells, intercessors are taught in the school of the Holy Spirit Uh to learn to trust in God, and often the Lord will take His servants away from the public eye for a season for hidden prayer journeys that few understand. During those seasons with the Lord in prayer, we learn to trust him for answers and to lean upon the rock of ages. And through years of experience, we build a foundation and a history with God in prayer, so nothing can easily shake us. Well, the story of the World War II intercessions led by Reese Howells is chronicled in his biography by Norman Grubb. My favorite book outside of the Bible called The Intercessor. In the book we're instructed with testimony after testimony of how the Lord sustained Mr. Howells both before and during the war when it was a time of great financial trouble as well as great danger to national security. The financial pressures made men's hearts to fail and many couldn't stand the strain and I believe such times are coming again. But the faith of Reese Howells and the faith of Bible heroes teach us that God is faithful in the most trying of circumstances. God allowed Mr. Howells to be tested and he indeed allows all of us intercessors to be tested. And why is that? Because testing strengthens us in the school of faith. Howells learned that it's very important to learn to praise God before a victory is manifested. Before you see the outcome, the moment you rise to the occasion and your faith comes through and you decide to trust God in any matter, then at that point you become as free as a bird. Well, Mr. Howell said that the world became his parish. He and the intercessors who were gathered around him at the Bible College took it upon themselves as they were led by the Holy Spirit to be responsible to intercede for countries and nations, and Britain, and especially the Bible lands. They had a Bible mentality that they were not going against evil men, but against devils in an unseen hierarchy. They knew that God must destroy Hitler if the vision of the gospel preached to every creature was to be fulfilled. So as the clouds over Europe grew darker, Mr. Howells and his intercessors believed God to intervene And they became convinced, through God answering their prayers day by day, that the Holy Spirit truly is stronger than Satan himself. They learned that the Lord alone intervenes in answer to prayers to scatter dictators and to release people enslaved by the spirit of Antichrist. Mr. Howes and his intercessors implored God to deal with the Nazis, just as God had dealt with Pharaoh in the Egyptian army in the time of Moses. You see, it's still the God of Moses. It's the God of Daniel who still delivers us from the tyranny of jihadists and dictators. The record of the daily prayers at the Bible college is remarkable and inspirational to read alongside of the historic events. While men's hearts were failing them for fear, there was a praying company in Wales. Maybe only 100 persons at best, who were on their knees daily, holding fast to victory by faith while the enemy was winning many battles but not winning the war. Through all the years of World War II, the Bible College was in prayer every evening from 7 o'clock to midnight. They never missed a day. Also, they prayed for an hour every morning, and there was prayer at noonday and in the afternoon. Mr. House fought with the enemy in prayer as if it was the very end of civilization. Can we not do the same in this hour? He said, you don't leave anything to chance in intercessory prayer. So continually he asked God to bring real disasters upon the Nazis. He said, the only thing I want is not to doubt God in a time of crisis. What a key. His prayers kept the enemy in check even on the darkest day when everyone was expecting the Nazis to invade. Mr. Howe said, The Lord made known to me that he would fight and destroy Hitler and the Nazi regime so that the whole world would know that it was God and God alone who scatters dictators. That's such a powerful statement to me because God himself testifies concerning the upcoming Middle Eastern war foretold in Ezekiel's chapter 38 and 39, that he will also receive all of the glory and the world will know that God alone is God when he saves Israel from Persia, which is modern day Iran, and the coalition of nations that will come against Israel and attempt to invade Israel as described in Ezekiel 38. Can we show that kind of faith now that God will deal with ISIS and Iran and Hezbollah and all of Israel's many enemies, just as he defeated the Nazis in the time of Reese Howells, And just as he dealt with the Egyptian army in the days of Moses, we have to make a stand of faith so the gospel can continue to spread out in freedom. And we have to stand on victory ground by faith when All around us, people's hearts are dull and distracted, deluded, or weary and confused and even fearful. We have to learn in our times of intercession that this Bible and Bible prophecy are true and that no purpose of God can be thwarted. Most of the world is in confusion today, and so we must go back to work in prayer. And God has called us to it. There's an enemy that we must keep in check until God does the big thing, the big deliverance. Well, on a national day of prayer in Britain, there was great fear of an invasion by the Nazis and brave Winston Churchill was present in a prayer service at Westminster Abbey. On that day, Howells wrote in his journal, we know that unless God intervenes, we will be slaves. He also wrote, we are going against this beast as David went against Goliath. His journal records his exploits in prayer by faith. He saw the Holy Spirit on the battlefield with a drawn sword. From a worldly standpoint, there was no hope of victory, but Howells was standing in faith that the enemy would not enter Britain. There was Churchill's memorable call to blood and sweat and toil and tears and the miraculous Dunkirk evacuation. Many in Britain still recall the terror of those days, but they also remember the miracle of Dunkirk as a direct intervention from God. The weather allowing the almost complete evacuation of troops. The next battle was over the sky. The air raids The national crisis was called the Battle of Britain. The Nazis attempted to gain mastery of the air in preparation to invade England. Howells described how thorough were their prayers. And that's such an important point because nothing was left to chance. They prayed over every detail of the war. They didn't engage in shot in the dark prayer. Everything was examined in God's presence, and a great prayer net was cast over the land. Then faith would lay hold on the victory, so their prayer wasn't just hope. It was real believing prayer. They had already laid a foundation at the Bible College by trusting God to protect them from the air raids. God had challenged them, saying, just as you trusted me for finances in the past, can you trust me now to protect these grounds and keep you all safe? You see, there is such a thing as God's protection because you have a work to do for him. God fully vindicated their stand of faith because not one bomb fell on college property, although the port suffered some very heavy raids. Howell said to the intercessors, we've never walked this way before. And I say that to you now. We have never walked this way before with an enemy that works invisibly and strikes at soft targets. The important thing is to know God and His ways in order to accomplish exploits in prayer. Daniel 11.32 says the people who know God will be strong and do exploits, meaning that will definitely take action in fasting and prayer. When we know God, we get His mind on a matter. Otherwise, that we're just trying to use the word of God without having his power behind it. Unless you're sure of victory, you'll never be able to pray with authority for the deliverance of a nation. The Journal of the Bible College stated, unless God intervenes, we are lost. At one point, Howells wrote, they are ready to take our country at any moment. Even before lunchtime, he said, the history of the world can change. Such a thing as this has never happened to us before. And you do not know how much faith is needed. But I don't want to doubt the Lord for one second. Of that, I must be very careful. The only thing I want is not to doubt the Lord in a time of crisis. So Howells taught the principle that once you've gained a victory by faith, knowing with full assurance that the answer is on the way. There's no need to doubt and there's no need even to keep praying anymore on that particular point once you've already believed. In fact, to keep praying would be a sign of unbelief and vain repetition. Instead, once the victory is won in prayer, you can finish with praise, praising God for the answer. Believing prayer is the key. But do take careful note of this. Believing is also the most delicate thing you can think of. It's like a vapor. Always be sure that you're operating in faith. Well, suppose no one had really believed God in Britain in those perilous days. But even in the midst of war, Howells said, they were wonderful days of victory at the Bible College because they had really believed God. And God had made known to them that Britain would be saved. God had assured them that the gospel would be preached to every creature and that the Holy Land would be regained by the Jews and for the Jews. You see, their prayers at the Bible College weren't just selfish nationalistic prayers, they didn't just pray for Britain but they regularly prayed for the Holy Land and the Bible lands to be saved, enabling both the Jews and ultimately the Savior to return according to God's timeline. Reese House had the kind of far reaching faith to envision the Isaiah 19 highway of peace that will exist during the millennial reign of Messiah. He knew that the Bible lands had to be protected from the Nazis. And so they prayed and the tide was turned at El Alamein. Alexandria was saved. In many cases, such as the Battle of Britain or Alexandria or the battle over Stalingrad, as the news got darker, contrary to all human reasoning, their faith rose higher until the intercessors saw the enemy broken and demoralized. Sometimes when they couldn't go on any longer in prayer, they just got up from their knees and began to sing praises. Well, on D-Day, God gave the Bible College assurance that he himself would be going over in front of the troops and there would be no setback. Howells's journey said, I don't think there's anything to compare with the night that we invaded Normandy. The Daily Telegraph reported that it was only that night the German U-boats did not patrol the channel. The way we went over to Normandy was beyond imagination. 4,000 ships and 11,000 planes, and they never met a single enemy ship or enemy plane. He had vowed to God, don't allow us to pray any differently from what we would pray if we were on the front line. They proclaimed the victory because the Holy Spirit said that God would be going over ahead of the troops to assure the victory. Well, it's now our watch. It's our time to win some definite victories before the second coming of Jesus. And I've got good news. The battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. But before we conclude today, let's be sure that you are saved. On the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter preached to the people. He said, be saved from this corrupt generation. How can you and I be saved from this corrupt generation? Because Jesus is coming very soon. Well, the method is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. The Bible says that if you'll believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. This is because Jesus died for everybody, everywhere, no matter what is your ethnic or religious background. So embrace his free salvation now in these dangerous days. And we'd like to stay in touch with you, and that's possible through the social media, and also by visiting our website at exploits.tv, where you can click online to receive our free ministry newsletter, Exploits. And at our website, you can also learn details about our next prayer convocation in the Holy Land. And so until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem. I'm Christine Darick, Shalom.
0: Our ancestors knew their Bible. This medieval map from about 1300 shows the known world and at the very center is the holy city of Jerusalem. Today, Jerusalem is still the apple of God's eye. It's from Jerusalem that Jesus commanded the Word of the Lord should go forth into all the world. That witness is what the Jerusalem Channel is all about. It's only through the support of you, the viewers, that we can continue to bring video teachings and daily website updates of what God is doing in these last days. For viewers in the United States, our ministry is tax deductible. And in the UK, we're a registered charity to qualify for gift aid. You can make a credit card donation through our secure website, or by check to our postal addresses in the US and UK. Please help us to continue and expand this outreach of the gospel through the Jerusalem channel.